Hi, I'm a helpful Southern California Honda person. And recently, we've been doing random acts of helpfulness, like getting a service dog for a child in need and buying science materials for a third grade class. And we can help you too with a great deal on an award-winning Honda, like the reliable and completely redesigned Accord, the 2018 North American Car of the Year. Click the dealer locator link to find a dealer near you and go to SoCalHondaDealers.com to suggest a random act of helpfulness for someone you know. Here we go. Log Talk Radio. <clears throat> well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka, and this is where you will find out that conversations plus connections equals community. What's your story? And everyone has a story. And today, my guests have a story, and I'd like to welcome Nellie and Steve Ambrose to the show, co-founders of the Walk the Ridge. Welcome to the show, you guys. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Marcia. I appreciate it. Here. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to just let the audience know just a little bit about Walk the Ridge means. This isn't a hiking club. I want people to know what, the, what Walk the Ridge means. And it is a growing civility movement. It's a civility movement that promotes the daily practice of listening and respect within our differences. And so on today's show, we're going to explore everything about this movement that you founded from how it originated and how you're spreading the message of civility to the masses. This hour will really be about incivility with eye-opening statistics, who it affects, why it's critical, we reserve our tribalistic nature, tips and strategies to lead a more civil existence, and much more. And by the end of the show, my friends, you will feel inspired, because that's what this is, to live your life with respect for others and grow your circle of civility to help realize a kinder, more gentle nation. And I'm just I'm so excited to have both of you be a part of this radio show today as we listen to this on the Internet on Blog Talk Radio because it reaches hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, and this is a message that we can all learn by. So I'm just delighted to have you join me today. Can you hear me all right? Oh, we can hear you. Hello? Yes, we are excited Perfect. to be here, Marcia. Perfect. Well, you know, Nellie, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of cool when I mentioned the three C's about conversations and connections and community, you and I have a connection, and it's a connection that I think we're both very proud of, and that is that we are both members of Toastmasters Speakers by the Sea, and you even competed in a, in a, um, a competition for, for speakers and talking about Walk the Ridge, and I know we'll be talking a lot about that today, but I thought maybe we could start off, Nellie, with you just telling our listeners just a little bit about yourself. I'd love to know your background. Sure, Marcia. Well, I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, and when I graduated from college, my job took me to Texas, and from there, I've lived in many different cities. In Tennessee, I lived in Atlanta, North Carolina, I met Steve when I lived in Atlanta, and eventually that took me to New Jersey, Virginia, and then coming up on four years ago, we moved to California. So I've lived in so many different parts of the country, which has been such a blessing to me to be able to see all these 
areas. Steve and I worked together. Um, I worked for him in his practice in Virginia for 20 years, and we've raised two kids here. We're both college. And I love the outdoors. I love walking, running, hiking, biking, anything outside. And, of course, I get to enjoy that pretty much every day of the year here in California. That is the beauty, isn't it? Because the places that you've mentioned, they equally have their, their beauty. But we are most fortunate to have, for the most part, really stellar weather, don't we? We do. It's absolutely we sunny do. out here. <laughs> and, and Steve, so I'd like, I, I don't really know you, Steve, except sitting next to you at that competition. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, Marcia, to know me is to love me. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> and, uh, so uh, first of all, I'll start off by saying that uh, I met Nellie, uh, the love of my life, when we were down in Atlanta. I was going to chiropractic school at that time, back in the early 90s. She was working at IBM, and uh, we had a great connection. And I can say that uh, I had a 20-year career uh, as a chiropractor. I owned my own practice. I saw more than 10,000 individual patients and had one of the largest practices in uh, central Virginia. I think we routinely saw about 50 patients a day out of that practice. And... um, We have always been uh, people pleasers and givers, and great uh, communication has been a part of what Nellie and I, you know, really bonds us, but also, too, um, with other people. We've always felt that great communication is really important for engagement. So um, other than chiropractic, I certainly enjoy inventing. Uh, uh, I'm very much in the healthcare space. I have been. Uh, even outside my practice, I now run one of the largest uh, healthcare podcasts in the country. Uh, we're on iTunes and Stitcher, and I interview senior business leaders across the country uh, Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic, uh, United Healthcare, uh, those sort of companies. They come on my show. And then additionally, um, I do consulting work for hospitals and health systems in the area of patient engagement. So um, I've stayed in healthcare even outside my practice. Uh, which I no longer do, uh, and we have, like Nellie said, we've just uh, made a whole new life for ourselves in Manhattan Beach for our wonderful family, and uh, and it's just been terrific. So it's great to be aboard your show today. Well, thank you, and Steve, this is something I learned about you. We'll have to talk about what it's like to host a radio podcast, because clearly <laughs> we, we, we share that in common. There's another connection. There's another community, and perhaps one day we can, can explore that possibility on another show. Nellie, Sounds first great. of all, I just would like people to know that they can find um, – uh, now I'm, I'm stumbling because I'm just so excited about the fact that I have a new connection. Um, people can find <laughs> Walk the Ridge very, very easily on, on any um, engine that they want to search for and use, and it's walktheridge.org. And I really want to let people know how beautiful your website is and what you offer on that. So please, I'd like people to definitely check out your website. But one of the things, Nellie, that I learned about you that I thought was so cool is you described yourself as a wantapreneur. And I just love that term. And I was just (laughs) curious, how do you you define what a wantapreneur is? Well, I didn't coin that phrase, and I don't know who exactly did that. It might have been Tony Robbins or somebody in that vein that did. But a entrepreneur is someone that 
has a passion for something and takes action and sacrifices, you know, a part of their life to pursue something, but doesn't really take it to the next level. And all my adult life, I have come up with a lot of, and Steve knows this, all my little ideas, I come up with this and great inventions. And Steve would always say, well, do it, go and do it. And I don't know (laughs) if it was fear that was holding me back or I had, to raise children or whatever, but I never really took the next step or the action step to take pursue mm-hmm. one of these dreams and goals or launch any of these businesses. And last summer, Walk the Ridge kind of fell into my lap, and we'll get into how that was formed, I know, as we speak. And now I've pretty much changed from being a entrepreneur, I think, into an entrepreneur with a purpose-driven business, and I'm so happy to say that I've entered that realm. Well, it's, it is inspiring, and, and I think we'll spend the rest of the show truly focusing on what the two of you shared together. And I'd, let's just start with this. So you are the co-founders of Walk the Ridge, and as I mentioned, you can be found on walktheridge.org. What inspired you to start this movement? I'll, either one of you can jump in on that. Maybe you both have a response. Well, I'll, I'll start talking about it and because I was the one that really founded the company through having the idea. And I will never forget when I was out walking and I came home and I shared with the family over dinner. I was so excited about this realization that I wanted to start this and the name came to me and so many details came to me. But what inspired me, Marcia, was that, and I bet many of your listeners will have had the same experience, but I kept hearing in all the media, whether it was television or print or just people talking, overhear people talking, is that, we were so angry with each other. People were being rude to each other. There was hostility. And that that got to me. And I, I became so upset with that or so concerned about why as a society have we gotten so angry with each other. But on the other hand, as I listened to more radio shows and the television, I started hearing people talk about how we had to build the the divide and bridge the divide and build a bridge and start connecting with people and we have to start talking. This is getting so bad. And that just, I thought, I put two and two together and I said, everybody is starting to realize how bad this is getting, but no one seems to be taking action and we're just fighting more and more. And that's when the idea for Walk the Ridge kind of fell into my lap and I said, well, I can do this. I can, I can start trying to bridge this gap or, or help people rise up out of the valleys and start seeing that there's beauty on both sides, that we all have goodness inside of us. I so agree with you. What, when did you start this? And I know you call it a movement, which I think is truly what this is. What, when, did you, when did this begin for you? It primarily started last summer with the idea and took several months to form what it was going to be about. And mm-hmm. officially, January 1st, we launched the movement. Terrific. 
there and I like I said I would really encourage people even as you're listening they could log on and see your website because I think your logo is just tremendous and it wasn't until I started reading what was behind the logo that I even saw those two faces would you like to spend some time explaining what the message is behind the logo. Either one of you can easily take that if you'd like. Yeah, I'll be happy to talk about how the logo was formed. And I know we're going to get into more about what Walk the Ridge is really about. But I had the vision in my mind of what I wanted it to be. And I, I went online and went to a company that designs logos. And you put out a certain amount of money and the, the job goes out all over the world and PPAs of, of what they think your vision is. And I got probably a hundred different ideas and none of them were right. None of them spoke hmm. to me. And I canceled the contest and I thought, no, I'm going to do it again and I'll come back in and I'll switch what I wanted. And the very first entry on that one was the logo that we have now with very few changes. And I was so excited. I think I screamed, like, that's it. That's what I was looking for. And, again, I was so frustrated before, and people were trying, and I would write to them and say, no, this, this is, just doesn't do it, and I know there's something out there that's going to come through. And then this, this logo came through. And every single aspect of this logo has meaning from the fact that it's a circle which we promote building circles of civility to the two faces that, appear, that are facing each other, that appear like they're talking to each other, to the combination of red and blue, which gives a purple hue, and that's supposed to represent healthier communication and the blending of what we perceive as our divisions, red states, blue states to the peace sign. I mean, there's so many points, and I encourage your listeners to go to walktheridge.org and click on the About page, which will bring you right to that page that talks about the power behind the logo. Nellie, I mean, I feel like I've done some studying here. I'm looking at your logo as we speak. Oh, my goodness. I knew the red and the blue made the purple. I could see the faces once you talked about it. It wasn't until you just now said the piece. This is brilliant. It is. <laughs> you can't forget it once you see it. And then you have these messages, which I think are so vital. I see you. I hear you. I respect you. This, this truly, this may have been a brainchild that started festering with you, but you have brought this to fruition, and it is—it's brilliant. I must tell you. It's, oh, thank you. I am—I am so impressed <laughs> with this. It, it, Steve, truly, it, it, and I know that this—you—you you worked in combination of this. This—this this says so, so much. And we're going to be talking about your bands, but branding. Yeah. Well, that's and, the neat our, thing is that we not only had a logo. But we put it in a wristband that you can wear 24-7 to remind you, I see you, I hear you, I respect you. And I know, like you said, we will get into that because that is the game changer for Walk the Ridge. Marsha, the other thing I wanted to mention, yeah, the other thing I wanted to mention, Marsha, if I could, is 
if you look at the faces, they're different colors. And there's a reason the faces are different colors. And a lot of people initially don't understand the reason, but it's because the different colors represent the different opinions and views that we have. And that the conversation is literally meeting right on the ridge, right on that tip of the mountain. That's where they're having the conversation. Because, you know, when we talk about diversity, right, we think about race, we think about creed, we think about color, we think about you know, the traditional ways that we, we can segment people by diversity, but we don't think about diversity of views. And I think a lot of times, and we'll get into this, but many times we prejudge people and have in the past, not just on their skin color or perhaps their race, religion, but even on maybe the view that they have. And that's one of the things that we were trying to get into was really making sure we have our own unique views, Marsha, but that we make sure not to prejudge somebody on their opinion or view, but to get to know more about them and connect. That's so important. I, I, I always promote my shows on Facebook and um, Twitter, and I do a word of the day every day on my Facebook page. And I chose the word specifically today of civility because I thought what a, what a great segue to what we'll be talking about today. And I've had, I have a guest that's been on my show a couple of times now. He's very, very active in foster care and adoption and just the benefits for children. He is a children's advocate. And when he read that about the word civility today and also the fact that he knew you were going to be on my show, he was talking about how important it is. And we as adults, we, we serve as those role models, whether we're the parent, the grandparent, that teacher, that neighbor, whomever that is. Children are watching us. Adults are watching us. But our next generation is counting on our leadership of teaching this kind of civility. It's a word that maybe isn't used as frequently as it needs to be, and I do think that that's what you're bringing forward. How was this Walk the Ridge formed? How did you go about forming this? Well, it was formed because, partially because of the beautiful landscape we have in California. And I was standing on a cliff taking a walk one day, and I could see out into the valley below me. And then beyond that, there was another mountain range. And, you know, in in light of everything I was listening to and the, the anger that we see in our society, and I thought, what lies over on the other side of that mountain, but another valley where there's people over there, right? On the other side. right? And then all the people in the valley on the side that I was on. And we're not, that's where the I see you, I hear you, I respect you comes from, is that we have retreated into these valleys. We're in the left and the right, the red and the blue, however you want to separate it. But we've retreated into these valleys of light-mindedness. Some call call it tribalism. And we're not seeing each other for more than the box we checked on election day. And we're not listening to each other to understand, like, how other people's values and beliefs were formed. Now we just want to listen to respond. I, I have what I want to say, and I'll let you talk just to look like I'm respectful but I really just can't wait to get my statement out. 
And then the final thing where the respect comes in is that we're not respecting each other as humans first and trying to find common ground. And instead, we just stay in our valleys of like-minded people and we can say what we want to say. Everybody likes us, but the minute we want to step out and maybe have a different belief, we risk being let go from that tribe and finding ourselves in no man's land. So that's how that vision was formed is that we need to rise up and implore people to rise up out of the valleys and walk that ridge. And if you can visualize people really doing that and walking that ridge, you know, in the spirit of compassion and empathy and understanding and open-mindedness. And as Steve kind of mentioned, it's not about making you change your mind. You can have, it's okay to have your own beliefs, but just to be respectful of other people's beliefs. So that's really how it was formed, is getting this message out that, we need to be respectful both online and in person through all communication. And I love what you said at the beginning, conversation plus connection equals community. And that really does wrap up what Walk the Ridge is trying to promote as well. Don't you think, you know, it's funny how, I don't know how that really came to me. I I knew Born to Talk was a fairly simple uh, description of me because I, I always talk, but I try to practice a little better listening, however, and I'm still practicing that. I could do that better. But the the conversations that you can have wherever you are, whether it's verbal or it's on our social medias, that's that's a level of conversation. And as we start connecting, and as you said, that we don't even have to necessarily agree but as we start connecting, we do form communities. For you and I, it's it's a Toastmasters community. For somebody else, it, it could be lots of different communities. I live in the community of Westchester here in this big city of Los Angeles. But trust me, my community, that I, and that's funny, I like put my hand over my heart like I'm about to pledge allegiance. My community <laughs> is very important to me, always has been. I've always been very active in my community, whether it was working for the Y or it was the PTA or all the kinds of mommy things that I was fortunate enough to do and be a leader in, I I see that as a community too. And I would agree with you that we can make our communities broaden. They don't have to be little tiny circles. The more we speak and the more we have conversations and the more we're willing to expand our hearing, I hear you. I see you, and I respect you. This seems like something that should be in every business, on every window. I, 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 I just, just think it's phenomenal. And I, you mentioned, Nellie, about the bands. And because we see bands for all kinds of things today, and people wear them, they don't wear them for, for a variety of reasons. But I thought we could talk specifically about the purpose of your bands and why you feel that it is Game Changer. Yeah, I think we have, what do you think, Steve, about 20, 30 minutes on Walk, uh, walk the Ridge Band that we can go on because they are so impactful. Well, go ahead. It's the and floor so is yours. important. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I'll let Steve go on this, but and I might chime in, but to me, this is what is the biggest impact of what our movement is about. So 
put yeah. your pens down and listen up. <laughs> yeah. Go. Let's let's start off by uh, really saying that there's a big difference, and we recognize this early on. There's really a big difference between taking a let's say pledge of civility. Or when you first get hired by a company, you might sign a, a policy for your workplace saying, and as part of my employment, I agree to be professional and civil and courteous. And it's one thing to attest to that, even to maybe promise that, but it's a one-time event. And when we look at civility, one of the things that I do is I handle really the way that we go out to companies all across the country. In fact, I was before today's show, Marsh, I was actually at a publicly traded company meeting with their chief human resource officer, and uh, they're very interested in bringing Walk the Ridge into their many thousands of employees globally because for culture in the workplace, civility is something that's often uh, truly missing when it comes to communication. But, um, you know, we recognized very early that civility is really what we call a soft skill, where you go to college and you may learn hard skills like uh, engineering or accounting or even, let's say, medicine. A lot of times soft skills, like when you talk about um, leadership or communication or empathy, uh, you know, uh, that sort of thing, those are not often taught, not only in colleges, but even by families. Civility is a soft skill. It's something that literally can be learned and it can be developed as a habit. The more you do it and the more you practice it, the stronger it becomes as a routine. And we recognize that and we understood, you know what? We can say all day long, why don't you go online and attest to be civil? But until you actually decide to be accountable, publicly accountable, then it really doesn't matter. And we take accountability as one of those core values for this mission, Marsha. And when people wear the bracelet, a couple things happen. One, they're making themselves publicly accountable. When they explain what the bracelet is to people, now they're on the hook. It's just like going to Weight Watchers, right? And every week you got to weigh in. When you become publicly accountable for something, it puts onus on you to follow through. And that's what hasn't been done. And so we recognize that. We also recognize, too, wearing the bracelet, because it's got that unique logo on it, it becomes a teachable moment. Somebody sees that bracelet, and they say, Marsha, what, what's that you got on your wrist? Suddenly now you can start building your circle of civility because you can teach somebody about Walk the Ridge and about how you're using civility and making yourself more accountable. So we learned and, and really believe very strongly that accountability and repetition and building civility as a habit is the real game changer. I, One thing I, I want to add to that, too. Go ahead, please. Oh, oh I'm sorry, Marcia. One thing I wanted to add to that that many people know about the incident that happened at Starbucks a few weeks ago. And as a result of that, they're closing all their stores on March 19th and they're going to have anti-bias training or bias training for all their employees for about four or five hours. And we're starting to see these types of meetings pop up, whether it's a civility training, a day of civility here and there, a day of dialogue, all sorts of things you'll see pop up. And what happens is is that you get people motivated by that day 
And as a company, you can you check the box, like, okay, we did a good thing and everybody should be good now, right? And what happens is life gets back in the way of what you learned on that important day that was supposed to change your life. And you're all rah, 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 and clap, clap, clap during the day, and then a few days later you forget everything you learned, you're back to your old habits. So these wristbands are there in front of your face 24-7. And if you can visualize yourself on the computer typing out a message that might be rude or hostile to somebody, right? We see that all the time. Mm -hmm. If you have this band prompting you to just wait a minute, I need to take a step back, rethink what I'm going to say, and proceed in a more productive and constructive way. You learn that at your training. You learn that at your day of civility and your day of dialogue. But you don't have that prompt right in front of you to remind you what you learned. And that's why the bands are so important. And the fact that they say, I see you, I hear you, I respect you on them in big letters. So as Steve was saying, it holds you accountable. So we can't think of a better way to form a sustainable habit than having this top of mind wristband on your wrist at all times, when in all situations, whether you're in person or online. You know what I what I'm thinking about as I hear you talking about this. I I think I mentioned that I, I worked at the YMCA for ten years, and there was there were oftentimes initiatives talking about respect and citizenship and responsibility, character counts. I think that this would be a fabulous thing to take to YMCAs. I I mean, I really do. I think that wherever there are families coming together, I understand you talked about workplace. I would think every HR person everywhere should be seeing this, whatever the industry might be. I think this movement couldn't come at a more important time uh, oftentimes, well, I'll just speak for myself. I'll, I still receive the newspaper in Los Angeles. I still will watch the news occasionally. Frankly, sometimes I have to turn it off because there's too much murder, mayhem, and unpleasantness. One of the reasons that I do this show really, and, and somebody asked me, why do you do this every week? You've been doing it for three years. And here's why, and it's fairly simple. I love the fact that people have their stories to share. And sometimes they're entertaining. I'll have a sports person or an author, a lot of nonprofits, but everyone has a message. In your particular case, it goes across all levels of society. It's, and as you said, by, and we're going to let people know how they can purchase these bands and buy them in bulk and share them. They're rubber. You don't have to take them off. And you'll start seeing, like, I have one of those. And when you look at the band, and it's it's clear that on your logo on your page, you can sort of see that it's a little bit darker color from a lighter color on the band. You can clearly see that there's a there, the color is, is different, and, and there's a purpose behind that. And that peace sign is there, which is beautiful. It's, it is just, it's just phenomenal. I... I'm just I'm so happy to be able to promote what you do on my show because it gives me a purpose and sharing these stories with my listeners is just vital. 
we talk, we've talked a lot about the word civility, but I think that in the process of talking about civility, we need to talk about what incivility means and perhaps define how you would define incivility and some of the statistics about that today. Well, um, I'll be happy to take that one. A um, couple things here. The first is um, I want to just go back to one quick thing you said before, Martian, and I really think you hit it on the head when you talked about sometimes I have to turn off the news. I don't think um, there should be any misunderstanding about this, and we're, Nellie and I are very clear on this. It doesn't really make a difference what side of the coin, let's say, politically you're on. I don't care whether you're a MSNBC watcher, a Fox News watcher. Today's media is nothing like the days of Walter Cronkite. And uh, they have clearly understood that if you can get people riled up like a hornet's nest emotionally, if you can keep people in their own valleys, and not only keep people in their own separate valleys of opinion, Marcia, but get them angry at those in other valleys, get them hateful, at those in other valleys. How could they possibly think that? That's what stirs viewership. That's what stirs mm-hmm. addictive, angry behavior. That's what stirs people tuning in every night, getting angry, watching the TV. And, and then these opinion uh, uh, media people say, well, thanks for tuning in. Have a great night. See you tomorrow. <laughs> and so they stir the pot of our emotions. They profit off of it gladly. And then they get us addicted to it, and we wonder why it's so hard to be civil at times or why we form quick views on people or just are so dismissive of them. And so I really appreciate you bringing that up uh, very much because I think a lot of people feel that way. Uh, To your question on incivility, um, some key statistics. First of all, when we talk about incivility, we're talking about a behavior where we're talking about rude discourteous behavior to others and let's be clear about this civility is not a me thing it's a we thing so you can say hey i'm civil to people you know what i'm i'm a civil person well good for you now go out and teach a whole bunch of other people how to be because you Mm -hmm. need two people to have a conversation and communication and as you said so well you need you know the growth of communities we really need people especially who are civil to lend themselves to others because um, that sort of behavior, it's not really harassment. It's not really discrimination or bigotry, but it is a, a discourteous and dysfunctional communication that is far more common than those two, but often it is overlooked or just accepted as common, and it builds up over time. So that would be my definition of incivility. And when we talk about statistics, the statistics are absolutely staggering. 75% of Americans right now believe that civility is a major problem and is at crisis levels. Um, Believe that incivility, 61% of voters say it's deterring them from wanting to go into public service. 76% of them say that incivility makes it difficult to even discuss controversial issues. There are more independent voters than ever becoming independent because they don't feel as though they can civilly discuss their concerns and feelings, so they don't choose to take any side at all. 
and it's not where they want to be, but they are. And then if you go into the workforce, the numbers are staggering. Um, it's something like there was a poll of almost a thousand managers, Marcia, and employees across 17 different industries. And what they found was with the workers who've been on the receiving end of incivility, almost 50% purposely decreased their work effort. 80% lost time worrying about the incident. 63% lost time at work avoiding the offender. And 78% said that because they were treated with incivility, that their commitment to their company declined, that they simply said, you know what, it's not worth it. I don't want to really help this company. I'll go and do it, but you know what, my heart's not in it. And this is what's happening in the workforce. In other areas, 71% of our medical doctors said that being treated with incivility contributed to their medical errors on patients. And, I mean, it is so pervasive. I, I mean, we could go on and on, but at the end of the day, it is everywhere. It is not just politically. It's not just happening, you know, online. It's happening in the workplace, at home. It's happening in schools with kids. It's happening in the community. It is, you know, unfortunately, it's, it, 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 it is a viral, it's a viral condition that unfortunately has uh, been spreading for quite some time. You, you mentioned something, Steve, that I thought was really important. When you, when you mentioned the word school, and we hear so much today about bullies and the way that young people can so quickly take down a classmate by a comment that they can post on their Instagram or their Snapchat or wherever they're posting social media things, and when I was a kid, and when you were probably kids, and somebody was mean to you about the only person that knew it besides your parents, if you had the courage to tell them, might have been the ones that were taunting you, and maybe your friend that you went home and said, you know, Susie just said my dress was really ugly, and she says I'm ugly, and why do I have zits? And, you know, those kinds of things that we heard face-to-face today those things are not just heard face-to-face, but they're heard across the world. And we, we as adults, I know a lot of parents really control what children have access to with their phones because some parents really need to have their children with phones. I got home from school safely or for whatever reason that they have their phones. But they get themselves into middle school or high school and sometimes those um, markers are a little bit wider. And, and the way young people can treat each other poorly is really bad. But I think that if we didn't also say that young people can also, we're seeing such a movement amongst young people today, taking, it, it kind of reminds me somewhat of the Vietnam War and how, Young people wanted to have their voices be heard. I think young people are starting to see the power in their voice. Now if we can help as adults let them know the difference between being civil and incivil, 
that would be a great step in the classroom and um, and in the in our homes across our countries. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. And and to be clear, um, and and I just I don't say this with any malice, but you know when our kids went to high school, our kids had teachers that were politically motivated, and the teachers made no bones about making their political views known in class. Well, that's okay. Mm-hmm. No problem. But the teacher said, now, if you don't believe this, there's something wrong with you or, you know, uh, I don't want to hear anything other than that, you know, because I, you know, I think so-and-so is a so-and-so. And, you know, putting the kids in a position where, you know, their views, there's no way they're going to share their views. So I, I completely get what you're talking about when it's student to student for sure. That is a huge continual issue. But I think it, it's also important to know, too, that as adults and, of course, we see it from our own political leaders and we see it from our own, you know, uh, from those in charge, we're seeing the lessons being taught and the, you know, the kids are learning a lot of these, as you said before, they're, they're learning it by seeing it. Mm-hmm. And hearing it. And, yeah. uh, and, and it's, 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 it's really, it's, it's really, really true. What would you say are, and I, I I'll throw this out to either one of you. What would you say are some tips, that individuals could use to be more civil. What, where, how do we start this? What would be a good example? Well, one of the things we will talk a little bit more about what we offer that you can get through our website. But we do have tips and strategies that people can download, and there's a okay. bunch of them. But I'll highlight maybe three or so that we can Certainly. talk about briefly, and then people are more than welcome to get. The, the full range, and we have tips mm-hmm. for individuals and for companies. But right now, since you asked, I'll focus on the in- individuals. But one thing is we have to be open to learning from each other. And I mentioned this before, but we're always so quick to just want to respond. I have my views, and I'm not open to them being changed. So all I want to do is shout in your face and tell you what I want to tell you. And we have to start listening, active listening, really hearing what that person has to say and be open to change. And that's how we learn. And that's how we start building trust. The only way that we are going to start building back the community, again, is through conversation. But I have to be able to trust you. And I'm going to trust you if you're more civil with me and if you act with more compassion. So being open to learning and building that trust. Another thing that's really important is building, practicing good, what we call cyber citizenship. This is where it is so easy to hide behind your computer and be anonymous and say whatever the heck you want to say (laughs) and no one will hold you accountable because you have can put on a fake screen name or whatever so again the bands come back full circle here and help with the cyber citizenship because you have that band front and center when you are about to be hateful or hostile online but even when you say something to somebody online, it still hurts, even though it's just it words. And you don't know that person. It still affects them. 
So we have to be better about communicating online. And Twitter is trying to do that. They see the problem and they're working toward, it's a huge uphill battle, but they're trying to temper these, this anger and the hostility that they see online. And the third thing that's important is to grow beyond your tribe. We talked about everybody living in their separate valleys. And if you rise up to that ridge and you start making friends with people that you didn't think you could be friends with, trying to find common ground. We might be different, Marsha, politically. I don't know that. But we Mm -hmm. met through Toastmasters. We found something that we had in common. And we could be completely opposite on the spectrum, but I like you because you and I both like Toastmasters. We can always find something in common with somebody. So growing beyond, making friends with other people, trying to connect on some level besides what separates you. We, and, and, and having allowing people to have differing opinions. We can exist that way. We can be friends that way. And you can have a different opinion. And here we can bring up, if we want, you know, Conway West, who has made the headlines lately, Perfect. having a exactly. different opinion and seeing what that's done to him. I haven't really followed it too closely, but as I understand, he's lost followers on Twitter. He's being, mm-hmm. he's being ejected from the tribe, if you will. Yes. And that's one of the other tips that we talk about is accepting people for their beliefs and finding common ground. So anyway, just three tips. And again, there's many more that we offer through our um, online brochures. Well, and I oh, was going to say, I just, I, please oh, go ahead, Marsha. I'm sorry. Please, Steve. Oh, no, I no, was no, just going to say that ahead. when you go, when you go on the website, when you go on to walktheridge.org, you just look right on the top and on the navigation bar, whether you're on your, your mobile phone or on your uh, computer, you just click on the place that says free guides and then you will see sort of a split screen and it will say, you yes. know, do you want to, do you want to get a free guide for an individuals or for your company or both? And I think you just give your email and then all of a sudden you get it, you get it right through your email. It's downloaded securely. And, um, you know, that's the way you would get it. It's very easy. And, um, you know, there's a lot, as Nellie said so well, there's a lot of tips in there that you can start putting to work right away. These are not purposely difficult, but they're quite powerful. I'm, I'm looking at your website as we're speaking. And just the photos, just the picture of we're talking about these free downloads for individuals and for businesses. I want to just describe this for people that may not have circled over to your website yet, but certainly will when we're off the air. You have two children, and they've got their hands over their ears because in the background, their parents, presumably their parents, are arguing. The next thing where you have five strategies to increase civility in the workplace, you've got just the hand motion alone, like, it's almost like the guy is saying, well, don't you understand about what I'm saying? It should be so obvious to you. <laughs> you can almost write the dialogue based on that photo. I think your about page is terrific. Like you said, you've got your free guides. It, it shows who your partners are. I mean, this is, this is a brilliant web page. And, so well, and very, what about very, all the, um, what about all the scrolls continuously oh, across so the top cool. of the page? 
Yes, that that scroll is amazing. That's and those are people from all over the country and even all over the world. There are people from other countries who have signed up and had their names scroll across the top. Isn't, aren't you so, I mean, really, there's my hand again. I pledge allegiance. Uh, you must be <laughs> so proud. I, I mean, and I know this isn't, and I, and I only say that with, yes, yeah, so, so aren't we great because obviously we're so proud of ourselves. I just mean the satisfaction of recognizing. So maybe, maybe I don't use the word proud. I suspect you wouldn't. So let me use a different word. The satisfaction of recognizing that, and you, and you were an entrepreneur before, and you, and you have had careers and, and, and continue to have careers. But the fact that from your idea about what started this, and the potential, oh, my God, of the where potential it can go. is astounding, right? I, I could, it seems like you should just be on every person's speaker's bureau. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, I thought you did a fabulous job in our, in, our comp, in our competition because you speak with conviction. You speak with um, the genuine authenticity of your words. This isn't like... And so next week I'm going to move over to a whole new thing and I'm going to teach people how to, to um, recock their bathroom sink. This is really important. And I just, I'm just thinking about as I'm speaking with you just different avenues of where, you know, you, are, you guys should be on every keynote speaker's um, uh, radar because I can, whether it's rotary or it's, Whatever these organizations are that that are across our country, I could just see both of you being so so sought after mm-hmm. to bring what you're saying to people that have their own businesses that say, you know, we don't have the environment now that I can see after listening to them speak. We could do a better job in our own environment, in our own companies to make things a little bit better. I, I think it's just great. When well, we we're trying to get the them. we're trying to get the word out, and some people laugh at me when I say this, and it ages me. But I envision a wristband on every person's wrist, just like we all wore the Lance Armstrong bands. Remember those? Yep. Mm-hmm. And everybody yep. had them, <laughs> and I envision that. And and whatever the message behind the Lance Armstrong band, I almost kind of forget the Live Strong. This message, mm-hmm. I see you, I hear you, I respect you on each band is so powerful. And and so I do have that vision of walking into my local grocery store and seeing everybody wear one. Because what that means is that people have taken this and they're growing their circles of civility. And eventually those circles are start, going to start to grow and expand. And what we will find is a blanket of civility covering our nation because our circles will start to overlap and we can't help but experience a more kinder and gentler nation if we are all working together to do that and that's just you know one of the things that we offer and Steve and I we go we do go out and we talk to anybody that'll have us talk we have these partner bands which are starting to become really popular where companies can put their logo on our Walk the Ridge band. And oh, that's they can great. be seen in their community as a 
civility component. They're starting their circles. So imagine the impact of that, whatever company you might be, to hand out bands to your clients or your community with your logo partnering with Walk the Ridge with civility. So many opportunities. I, I'm looking at it's, – it's, it's tremendous. I'm looking at some of the partners um, on your website as we speak, yeah. and I'm – so you talk about proud. I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you talk about proud. No. It's not about me. It's not about Steve. We're proud of everybody that signed their name to scroll across the top, who purchased a band, a dozen bands, because we sell them in packs of 12 so that you take one for yourself and you gift them to people around right. you so that they can start mm-hmm. building their circles of civility. So that's what we're proud of. I, I and I and I you know when I heard myself describing how proud you must be I I I almost immediately rectified that because I don't think that that is an accurate description of being I mean there's nothing wrong with being proud of efforts but I don't think that's not the driving force here that's not what's how can, what can I do to make myself feel better this this is not what your movement right. is all about and 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 that's uh, anyone that's listening. I'm sure can clearly understand that that's that that's the case. And I think that the fact that you partner with universities and medical groups and things like this uh, is just is tremendous. And then if they can um, partner up with you and put their logo on there as well, well, why not? What why would it be such a bad thing? Every every athlete. Let's talk about. I mean, I'm a I'm a huge sports fan. You know. The, the, you, you get two men in each other's face, and you know, you, you, what's civil about that? We we, right. we, de- we demonstrate incivility in a lot of different ways, but I think our language is a key here. Um, do you give back? What what where? How do you give back to the communities? Do you do something like that? Yeah, we do actually. We we like to call our business a. Um, business and of course civility is our main driver but we do give back a portion of the profits from the bands the bands are inexpensive they're free shipping but we do give back a portion and when it came time to think about who can we give back to children's causes pets you know we had to think of something that was nonpartisan, non-controversial right because you can lose part mm-hmm. of your audience they won't support you even though they need you know civility And it was happening right around the hurricanes over the summer that hit so many communities. And Mm -hmm. what better time that people come together in a nonpartisan way is when there's a natural disaster. Everybody comes and you reach out your hand for help and a hand grabs you and they don't first ask, who did you vote for? <laughs> what is right. your political belief? You know, they grab your hand to save you from whatever you need saving from. And that's what we use our profits for, giving back. We stockpile the profits that we get from the bands, and we give back to um, match to help with natural disasters when they occur. Look what's going so on we in haven't Hawaii had one right since, now. So, well, with Hawaii, right, with the volcanoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. so that's what we've chosen to do with the profits from the bands, with some of the profits. And you, and you really are a national movement, aren't you? I mean, this is not localized because I'm looking at your website and I can see 
that there are places all over the, the country. Have you have you been fortunate in making this even an international movement, or is that is that what your long term goal might be? Well, it was interesting that uh, you say that because when we first put the site out, um, I started writing pieces. I do a fair bit of writing on LinkedIn, um, and I wrote I write predominantly on healthcare, but I've started writing on civility. And you know, one of one of the pieces I put out there had almost 120,000 views in just a week. I mean, it really was amazing. On LinkedIn? That's right. On LinkedIn, actually, I I've written about five. If you actually if you actually go to walktheridge.org and you click on news and media, we have stockpiled yes, every single article or news coverage or podcast we've ever been on or been a part of. It's right in that news and media section, and you can click on any of those. And uh, the one on, on LinkedIn is the one with uh, uh, the popular commentator Ben Shapiro. He's on the front picture. And if you click that, it'll take you right to the LinkedIn article, and you can read it. And I, I wrote a number of these articles on civility, but to your point about internationally, a lot of people commented on these articles that I've written in LinkedIn that are not from the U.S., and incivility seems to be everywhere. It's, it seems to def- definitely be in India, for sure. A lot of people coming back and saying, I'm treated very poorly at work, or women saying, I'm, I'm treated very poorly at home, or in China as well. But uh, we are absolutely getting comments from uh, non-U.S. readers, for sure, that this is happening globally. So... Yes, we you know we have our we have our our eyes set on a on a healthier planet as well as a healthier country in that respect. I, it's wonderful. Do you do you, is there a book? What are your long term goals in 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 um, Walk the Ridge? What do you what's out there? What what do you see as a, a long term goal? Well, well, I really oh you go ahead yeah <laughs> oh oh yeah but, sorry. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I, I really, I really see. I think we both really see this as a bottom-up approach. So it might take twenty or thirty years to really bring civility back into our culture. Uh, it's it's so interesting, you know. You talk about the the why, you know. You talk about the YMCA, and I wrote a, one of the pieces I wrote on LinkedIn. If people do get a chance to read it, was on you know incivility and how really there's been a shift. Since certainly since the early 90s, but even after the even after World War II and into the early 60s, people always thought of themselves as citizens. You know, they always understood we're citizens and and we you know, we work together. We're a community. People don't think like that anymore. Most people Mm -hmm. don't think like that anymore. They think what's in it for me, 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 me. And not to say that people are selfish, but people don't talk in terms of citizenry anymore. And they should because that's the backbone of a society. It's also a backbone of how you communicate, uh, you know, culturally and especially when we have such different cultures and viewpoints in America more now than ever. You've got to have civility and you've got to have citizenry and to feel like you're bonding. So, uh, you know, I would say, uh, you know, from our perspective here, it's a bottom up approach. We recognize it's a long-term approach, too. We can't count on our leaders to, to bring down this message. We have to be doing it from the ground up. 
And I think we, we're also looking at the fact that it's something we want it to be sustainable and to pass on to future generations. Maybe you can just, you know, if there's something I missed there, uh, honey, you can add on to that. <laughs> no, I think that that covers it. But just a lot of public speaking anywhere that will have us. We have a few um, product ideas that can come out. But, again, we, we always fall back on the wristbands, which – as we should mention, you can purchase them on our website. It's easy to find the website at walktheridge.org. And once you're there, there's so many different little places that you can click to get to the bands to purchase I would them. Agree. And they're usually, yeah, they're usually shipped out within a day or so, so you can have them in your hands and within a, a few days after they're ordered. It's a very user-friendly website, and I just want to thank. Both of you. I'm so glad I went back to Toastmasters after being gone so long, Nellie. Yeah. I would have just would have <laughs> never that too. connection would have never happened. And because we hadn't met because I've been sort of absent in, in our Toastmasters speakers by the sea and I know they're going to be so proud of you. Oh, I'm sorry. They well they will be they will be proud of you as a Toastmaster, let me just say that. You did very few um so's and you knows. And we know that that's important. Also, I just want to also just take a moment to let people know a little bit about what happens now. For those of you that have been listening live, I think that's awesome. For those of you that will find this a little bit later on, you can always find me on my webpage, which is called borntotalkradioshow.com. Also, my Born to Talk Radio Show Facebook page is up and available and, and goes to my Twitters. And I, and I know that you guys use social media as well. And it's been a privilege getting to spend this hour with you. It's, it's just made my whole day, frankly. And I can see where maybe six months from now we revisit with one another and see where you've come from this, this May date until into the fall because I just think the sky is the limit. And I know I want to tell everybody that I know that they need to purchase these bands. And imagine, like you say, walking into Ralph's Market and going, oh, I, I, I've got one of those bands. And, and I think sharing that and, and having that reminder, that circle of civility, that just, that's just fabulous. I, I just, I'm just thrilled. And I just did, if, if there's there anything else you wanted to add before we say goodbye for this session? I think that covers it, Steve. Do you okay. have anything? We got everything. No, Marsha, we thank you so much <laughs> for having you. us. It was our privilege yeah. and pleasure to be on your show. Yes, it well, was. And I, I, and I will I, take I, you up on that in six months. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> and, and, and then maybe, maybe you need to hold me a little bit more accountable to coming back to Toastmasters. But yes. until <laughs> another time, when we see each other again, everybody check out Walk the Ridge. Dot org. It's real easy to find. Get those those wristbands ordered and think about these wonderful people, Anelli and Steve Ambrose. Thank you once again for just a really terrific episode of the Born to Talk radio show. Until next time, everybody, stay tuned. I'll be back next week with another exciting show. Bye-bye for now.
a matchup. And what a team, Mike. Metro PCS and the iPhone SE for $0 on a network that covers 99% of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive. Play with the best. Switch to Metro PCS and get a 32-gig iPhone SE for $0. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax and $10 activation fee. Claim based on talk and text. Not valid for active numbers currently on a T-Mobile network or active on Metro PCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. What a matchup! And what a team, Mike. Metro PCS and the iPhone SE for $0 on a network that covers 99% of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive. Play with the best. Switch to Metro PCS and get a 32-gig iPhone SE for $0. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax and $10 activation fee. Claim based on talk and text. Not valid for active numbers currently on a T-Mobile network or active on Metro PCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions.